0: it's Dina McKay, and I'm back with a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged, the podcast that allows Blacks in tech to share their authentic stories with you, the listener. On each episode, the guest talks about how they got into tech, their work in the industry, and lessons they've learned during their journey. You can find full show notes for this episode on blacktechunplugged.com. So on this episode, if you are not aware, October is Black History Month in the UK. And so I wanted to share the story of someone that is UK-based and also in the tech scene, So on this episode, I have Hosanna Halil. Hosanna is an Azure specialist at Microsoft. Her role involves helping public sector organizations to digitally transform. Hosanna started her career in the technology space over three years ago at Microsoft, and since has been using her experience to help guide, mentor, and inspire the next generation of women in tech. Hosanna has participated in many activities to champion diversity and inclusion and empowers young women to believe that they can also begin a career in tech. She sits on the Women at Microsoft Professional Development Board and is the founder of her own platform called The Tech Corner. She created that to help women to pursue a career in tech. On this episode, Hazana and I talk about the roles she has held at Microsoft and the skills needed to be successful in those roles, her platform, The Tech Corner, and what it takes to be a content creator. And lastly, we talk about the UK tech scene and the challenges they are currently facing. And of course, we had to do a little comparison between the U.S. and U.K. tech scenes. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you do, rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this episode today. Now let's get it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Black Tech Unplugged. I'm joined by a special guest from across the pond, Hosanna. Thank you for having me, Dina. It's nice to be here. Yes, yes. And for my listeners who are not familiar with you and some of your work, want to give a brief
1: introduction of yourself? Yeah, of course. So as you said, my name is Hazana. I'm currently an Azure specialist, which is essentially working with cloud computing at Microsoft. And I'm also the founder of a platform called the Tech Corner, which I created to help women navigate the tech space and have opportunities within tech as well.
0: Then we're going to get into all of that today. So let's actually start with your current role at Microsoft as an Azure strategist. For my listeners who are not familiar with that, can you go into a little bit more detail of what are some of your responsibilities?
1: Yeah, of course. So as an Azure specialist, essentially my job is to specialize in the technology. Um, So the technology, for those who don't know, is Microsoft's cloud computing service. um, And we provide that service to other enterprise organizations. So my job is to understand the the technology really well and then help my customers to adopt it. So from a day-to-day perspective, I work with customers very frequently, because obviously it's a client facing technical sales role. I work with them to understand their current strategy with cloud migration. I work with them to understand where they want to go, what support they need. This can be around kind of training, technical support, and things like that. So that's essentially my entire job is to drive the adoption of Microsoft's cloud service, which is Azure. Sana,
0: you are a girl after my own heart. In my current yeah. role, I also am part of the cloud team, mm-hmm. but not doing exactly what you do because we use GCP and other software, but similar role. And so one thing that I want to ask you, and maybe we could answer this together, is like, what skills do you feel like you need in order to be successful in the current role that you have?
1: Yeah, good question. So I would say the first skill you definitely need is product knowledge. So you definitely need to have a very understanding of what you're talking about, essentially, because... In order for you to be able to support your customers, you also need to have that technical knowledge of how the product works and how it's going to fit in the environment. And that's also going to help you to be able to identify opportunities. So product knowledge is, I think, top of the list. Uh, secondly, I would say you need kind of communication and general people skills because you're going to be talking to customers pretty much every day of your role. Um, I mean, you should be if you're not. <laughs> I'd be quite concerned. So you'd be speaking to customers all of the time. You're going to be very customer facing. And another part of the role is as well, is that you're essentially the, the face of the product. You do the go to market strategy as well. So you might be invited to speak at conferences, at webinars, at events and things like that. So you have to be very comfortable influencing persuasion and a little bit of persistence, obviously, because you're working with people all the time. And then I would also say you need just general sales skills, which are mainly mainly the people skills that I, I mentioned. But if sales also comes with kind of a need to be organized A need to be able to build strategy, look at where you are at the moment, plan where you're going to get to next and how you're going to do that. Um, so all of those skills are really important.
0: And one thing that I want to touch on is a lot of these skills are soft skills. So I know mm-hmm. when people are thinking tech, they're always like software engineer or <laughs> highly technical skills. Mm-hmm.
1: But in your role, you don't need that. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. In my role, you definitely don't need coding skills. And I think that's where people get um, a little bit confused. Also. And also they kind of think, um, not coding means not technical, which is, again, not true because you need to have technical skills, right? You need to be able, but it's from an understanding perspective rather than a development perspective. So everyone thinks tech, they think you have to be a developer and you have to be able creating the product. product. Um, but no, tech is split up in loads of different sectors and, you know, if it was just Bill Gates kind of programming <laughs> in his <laughs> office and just, you know, Microsoft may not be where it is today. That's the same with Google. That's the same with all the other big companies, right? They have departments for a reason. It needs to run in a particular way. And not everybody can obviously be a, a software engineer. It's, it's an organisation and it needs different type of skills within it. So yeah, people get intimidated because they think they have to code. And I also think, you know, if you want to code, you shouldn't be intimidated by it. Don't just think, oh, I don't have, I, com- I don't come from a programming background. So let me just look for non-coding roles in tech. Well, you can look for coding ones, you know, you can learn it.
0: Actually, speaking of your background, you have an untraditional path into tech, like many of my other guests. But let's do a quick brief overview of like how you actually got
1: into tech and what was your inspiration? So, yeah, it's a little bit unconventional in regards to I actually did my undergraduate degree in business. So my first degree, my bachelor's was in business. I had a plan to go into finance. So I would do my master's in finance, then go do kind of my ACA, my certifications and be a finance consultant. That was always kind of my plan. Um, but then when I finished my bachelor's degree, I was kind of looking around at kind of other masters for me to do, just exploring, thinking about what I'm, I'm going to do. Is finance really the right thing for me? And then I stumbled onto a computing master's where my university would allow me to kind of do a, a technical master's and convert is essentially, they're called conversion. Degrees without having a background in technology. So, pre- prior to my uh, master's degree, I had literally never ever coded. um I didn't. I didn't. I I understood it, but from kind of films and stuff like that, rather than from day to day life. Um, I was really going to be kind of your traditional finance grad. Uh, but then, yeah, when I found that I just felt inspired by. It. I was like, this sounds really cool. I'm going to get new skills. You know thinking about all the big things in my life and how it had been impacted you know I come from a generation of people who remember what it's like not to have wi-fi and be having to be connected to a computer and a, you know an actual wire rather than kind of wireless internet so I was thinking god like the generation has I've seen that change so much you know I was the generation that of Facebook Twitter Instagram all of that came in as we were kind of growing up mm-hmm. so that was like a big thing for me I was like wow this could be really interesting and again I've always been quite like ambitious quite driven I've seen so one of the things I was thinking about is the opportunity. Luckily, I was kind of able to think, wow, tech is the future, right? We're growing. There's going to be so many opportunities in there. And then in regards to inspiration, I didn't really have anyone kind of in my life to look up to at the time. There wasn't really anyone who at least looked like me, who was kind of doing tech or computing or computer science and stuff like that. Um, but I remember having a conversation with my dad and he was kind of like, he's in finance. So he's your traditional kind of finance guy. He's, he's done finance his whole life. He has like a degree in economics and stuff like that. And he was like, well, you know, finance is not going anywhere. I remember him saying he was like, it's not going anywhere. You know, if you want to try something else you know tech is for is forward thinking it's new like this is what you should go for I think if you're really ambitious and want to kind of make a change disrupt and stuff like that go for tech and if for, for some reason you don't like it you know you can always come back to school finish your finance um certifications and then come back to kind of finance so that for me was kind of like this seal of approval and I was like yeah okay I'm gonna go for it And my parents were super supportive with it so I think kind of props to them because they've always kind of push me to believe I can do basically anything that I want. So I would say they were probably my inspiration the most.
0: I really appreciate that your parents were like, just try it. You know, finance is always going to be here because not all people have that type of support system, especially if they're doing something that is not the norm or something that their family or friends don't know about. So, Mm -hmm. And it sounds like your dad gives you sound career advice. What's some of the best advice that he's given you, especially on this tech journey?
1: Yeah, my dad gives me super incredible advice when it comes to like career. Like one thing he's always talking about is like, he's just like, don't feel like you need to stick to one thing and I think that's where it gives me lots of my motivation of all the opportunities that I can have in my life you know I don't have to stick to one role you know you can move around don't feel like you need to stick to one area one company one of anything you know my dad moved around a lot in his career which was very actually odd for someone in his generation it's very normal for them to kind of stick for the same company for like their entire career but my dad's always been like yeah no like if you're happy to, uh, you know, I recently enrolled, I moved I into this role in January and he was like, yeah, you know, why are you doing it? Is this the right career move? Like, da, da, da. And then you know, when I explained it, he was like, yeah, great, like, go for it. It's always about just thinking about what's going to be the benefits for you and that doesn't have to be monetary, it can be skills, it can be Um, confidence. It can be just, you know, branding. It can be loads of different things. And I think that's where I've taken a lot of career advice from my dad, from that perspective.
0: That's excellent to have a resource like that who can provide you with such awesome sage wisdom. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And you have been at Microsoft for three years. I won't go into details on how you initially got the offer because Mm. my listeners can go to the video that you created on your YouTube, (laughs) which I will link later and also talk about in more details in a bit. But when you first started at Microsoft, you were a technology strategist. And so for my listeners who might be interested in that, give me some details around the responsibilities that you had.
1: Yeah so the difference between kind of my current role and my my last role at Microsoft as a technology strategist that was more focused on supporting the customers on their strategy across all Microsoft products so really trying to get them from A to B with everything that they do it was more of a like a customer facing relationship management role but from a technical perspective so talking to them about all the products, what they could do, but it's more aligning Microsoft's products to their strategy. Whereas that like, my current role is more of a product lead role. I'm very kind of product focused. Azure is my thing. I try and get it to customers. You know, I focus on that and only that. Whereas my last role was more being more of like an account manager for my customers and talking to them about their future, how Microsoft can support training for them, adoption, um, doing a lot of industry focused things um, for the industry that I was aligned to because. It was more about aligning Microsoft as a partner to the customer and how we can help them um, and continue to grow our relationship. So that's kind of where the difference is. Uh, it, you know, now I'm very product, whereas before I was more kind of customer and relationship, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, that makes sense. So from a technology strategy standpoint, you're. it sounds like you're a little bit of a generalist.
1: Yes, exactly. It's exactly that. More generalist now, um, definitely deeper and more technology.
0: Now, from a technology strategist standpoint, what skill set would you say you need to be successful in that role?
1: In that role, you definitely be, need to be able to juggle a number of things, like be comfortable with the fact that you're not going to know everything because, you, again, you are a generalist, so you don't have the time or the capacity to spend on one product alone. You can focus on one area, but you couldn't be you know, an expert in it because you, your customers focus on loads of things, right? So I would mm-hmm. say one skill you need is resilience, um, you need very good listening skills because you're, you're going to spend a lot of your time with your customers more speaking to you rather than you like speaking to them. Because right now I evangelize the product, I ask those questions and things like that. So I have more of an active role of kind of speaking and presenting and stuff like that. Whereas like in my last role, it was more about my customer basically being like, I need to do this. I'm here. I needed this support. This is what my environment looks like right now. What can what can you do to help me essentially? So I think you need a little bit more uh, of a different different type of people skills. You need to be able to listen. You need to do a lot of strategy stuff. So make sure that you're able to do that. And you need to do a lot of orchestrating. So if you're sitting as the customer's basically, that you're basically the customer's advocate for the company. The customer says to you, I need this. You need to go back to the company and say, my customer needs this. So you need to be able to translate a lot of things back to the business and you need to be able to orchestrate resources properly and be like, right, my customer needs a support engineer, can we bring someone in? My customer needs to know about teams. Can we bring a specialist in? My customer needs to know this about this. Can we? So it's a very different um, set of skills that you need, but still, absolutely a great role.
0: Yes, I feel like when you're in the generalist role, so like technology strategist, you learn a lot about the overall business, which mm. is very helpful when you go into these different products and you start doing becoming a product lead.
1: Yeah, exactly. You do definitely learn so much and there's a lot of visibility and it's great because it meant that I could go into basically any role after, you know, I could go to any product because I had enough knowledge to kind of get me started. That's awesome. And because I feel like technology
0: strategist is a stepping stone for going into product. Do you feel like there's a time limit or can
1: someone be a technology strategist for years at a time? Yes. So You can look at it both ways, to be honest. Some people spend a lot of their career in this role. They absolutely love it. And you can do it from a kind of... I've done loads of product stuff now I'm ready to be a generalist so you can be like I've I've been in Azure I've been in Teams I've been in um, CRM I've been in loads of things and now I'm kind of ready to bring that knowledge to the customer so that's one way of looking at it okay. or you can do what I did and kind of be like oh I've done loads of generalist stuff it's time for me to kind of hone in one skill and focus on one product so it's really up to you and I think the great thing about uh, Microsoft and most of the big tech companies is that they allow you a lot of flexibility with your career if you want to be a technology strategist for a year great there are some people who are in it for 10 years 15 years so it just really depends on the skills that you have I think if you're going to do it long term and be really successful it's better to almost leave and come back and just kind of do like do a different role come back and add a lot more to it so you don't there's no linear path when it comes to tech you can just kind of take it as you wish find what's interesting for you and and just kind of mix it up as well
0: Yes, you said a key thing that no one has said before. There is no linear path into tech. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's it's an odd one because even people ask me, they're like, oh, you know, what will you do in five years? I get that question quite a lot. And I'm I'm always like, well, I don't know, because the role that I want to do probably just doesn't exist yet, right? Like mm-hmm. tech is always evolving. Like it could be tomorrow, a new product comes out. It's definitely, I am 100% sure in five years, my role is not going to be here or it's going to be different or is the, isn't the role I'm doing would have been brand new or from a brand new company might, might have started. So you just don't know with tech. So yeah, it's definitely not linear. So don't worry about having to be like, Oh, I'm a software engineer. That means I have to stick to it. Or my, I want to be a software engineer first. Um, yeah, that's okay. But I want to look around after to do something else. That's perfectly okay as well.
0: I agree. And speaking of which, so you mentioned Microsoft is a major tech company From Mm -hmm. a work standpoint. So in the States, we have what's called affinity groups at most of our jobs. So those are groups that we can see like minded people share ideas, etc. At Microsoft, Mm -hmm. do you all have a BAME group?
1: Yes, we do. And I'm very surprised that you actually use the term BAME. Like that's something that you rarely hear outside of Europe now. And um, when I say BAME to my, kind of my American counterparts, they're like, what is that? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we do. We, we call them employee resource groups. Um, and they are, okay. they, there is one dedicated to kind of um, ethnic minorities. There's one dedicated to women. There's kind of an intersecting there for women from ethnic minorities. So, yeah, absolutely. I think those spaces are really important. And for your particular BAME group, how are you involved? So I try and do a lot of one-to-many things um, with people I've done a lot of kind of buddying and, and, and mentoring over the last three years which has been great but I think what is really important is visibility um, mm-hmm. and I tr- so what I try and do is I try to go to as many speaking things that I can, share as much information to as many people as possible so that's been really incredible I sit on one of the boards where we plan webinars at the moment because obviously we, don't, we can't go face-to-face mm-hmm. on career advancement for women, on career Um, opportunities how to pivot from kind of from a non-technical role to a technical role or the other way around if you want to flip and kind of go from engineering to sales and things like that so it's been incredible working with the group I love kind of going to schools I kind of went to my old school as well I bought some Mm. students from my old school to the Microsoft office which was just incredible um so yeah lots of opportunity to do stuff Microsoft gives you the flexibility to do that which is great
0: oh that is awesome and also I have to hear so with you bought students from your old school to Microsoft. What was that
1: experience like for them? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing because they were they only they were only about God, what's your age? Probably like thirteen. Um, so they were relatively young girls. Um, and for my old school, I come from a school which it's not the most kind of advanced school um out there, and it's very kind of deep. Um, a bit deeper in the country than kind of different areas um, within the city that I live in so some of the people that go to school don't kind of get the opportunity to really even come out of come out of the kind of I guess little village it's it's not village village but it's little enough um, to come even to like the center of the city or let alone leave um, the city at all Mm -hmm. and so Microsoft's kind of funded for them to to come uh, for the day. So a group of girls came. So it's through our Digi Girls program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, they were picked because they were, I guess, heading towards kind of maths and science and stuff and heading towards tech, which is great. They came to the day. They came to see the offices. I showed them around. We did a um, tech for good uh, kind of project where they could think about a product that's going to help people in tech, um, not people in tech, a product that's going to use tech for good, essentially, and help people within society, uh, which was great. They just loved it. And it was amazing to see them. But it's not something they would ever imagine doing. Um so we took lots of pictures. They had lots of questions. They really enjoyed themselves. So, again, it's for me, it's all about um, visibility, representation and just showing them what there is out there to offer. And when you don't have role models in that space, it's really difficult to imagine yourself outside of what you're already doing. Um, So yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I really enjoyed it. And you know
0: what? You keep bringing up visibility and you really do make yourself visible. And (laughs) the one way that you do that is your own platform called Tech Corner. So tell my listeners what Tech Corner is and then also what inspired you to create the platform.
1: Yeah. So basically it's a platform created to just essentially it's focused on women um, because that's what I wanted to start the platform on. I have a lot of male followers and they're fantastic. They really support the page. I interact with them really well, but it was it's fo- focused on women. And I essentially created the platform because I was, when I started kind of my career and I was doing a lot of these face-to-face events, I was literally in from the first few weeks, I was already like, oh, what, where can I go? Who can I speak to? Um, and so I started doing that. And obviously I started getting LinkedIn connections and people asking me questions about kind of getting into tech. What can I do? Lots of kind of like young girls asking me. And then one day I just thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting lots of people asking me these questions and I'm giving advice one-to-one, which is great why don't i just provide you know a platform for people to be able to view the content by themselves right and to reach loads more people and to provide the content in lots of different ways because one thing about tech is that when you're reading it and you're reading the job roles you're reading what people do mm-hmm. it doesn't sound that exciting it, it you know i think the job descriptions and this is something that you know all the tech companies need to work on They're very intimidating in the way that they, the words that they use. It's not stuff that you hear all the time. So I wanted to kind of share information in a more fun way where people could engage with it. They could laugh, they could, you know, Talk about their struggles, their challenges, um, and then also, obviously, continue to provide advice, resources, sharing stories of other women in tech and other career paths, and specifically working on non-coding kind of careers, And um, because, obviously, I've, I chose to go in one, even though I have, obviously, a programming background. You know, my sister's a software engineer, my stepdad's a software engineer, so... I wanted to show that, that there's a lot of visibility on software engineering coding roles. So I wanted to show kind of a different perspective as well. Uh, so that's why I created the platform. And that the, I would say, honestly, the women that I spoke to at the beginning of my career, the girls and stuff, they're the ones who inspired me. They were absolutely asking the right questions and I was seeing that confusion. So I was like, let me let me just go do it. And then. One day I remember, so again, I remember clearly I went downstairs. I'm one of five and I've got three sisters. So I come from a big family and of course my mum. And we're very close. I came down and they were all downstairs just kind of eating. I was like, guys, I really think that I should start this platform on this. And again, like I said, my family are very encouraging. They're like, yeah, do it. It should be really good. Like people would find that really useful. And then that's it. That's how the tech corner grew. I kind of spent a while trying to figure out the name. What should I call it? And then one day I think I was just... In bed, and I thought, why not? The tech corner, it sounds like somewhere where you need to go to discuss techs. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I came up with it.
0: <laughs> you call yourself the fairy tech
1: mother, yeah. You get that nickname. So, there, there is a British show called The Fairy Godmother, um, and mm. that's how I came up with it basically. Uh, and it's about, yeah, a fairy godmother. I think that's the show the show is it, about, and she comes and she helps this little boy, and that's how I came up with it because I was like, yeah, I kind of want to be you know, the godmother of tech, kind of talk to people about tech and stuff like that. But I'm not at that advanced in my career yet. So I want it to be a name that people could relate to. And it's more about me kind of like, I guess, sprinkling a little bit of technology across and a bit of tech love. Um And that's, yeah, I wake up and just, uh, <laughs> I thought of it basically.
0: <laughs> awesome and so all of the content that you're creating is amazing if people don't follow you on Instagram I will make sure to link it because you have quick little hits that make tech digestible yeah and so my question to you is what made you choose like what platforms that you're sharing this information on
1: um I guess I started with Instagram um because no actually I, think I started with Twitter I started with Twitter okay. because I was lucky enough when I when I started up my my own kind of Twitter to start seeing um people. So the hashtag Black Tech Twitter, which is like a massive community now, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to kind of stumble upon it. And I was like, wow, there's so many people in tech that I didn't even realize were in there. Um, so that's how I started kind of tweeting um on there and kind of talking about tech and stuff. And then obviously Instagram started blowing up in regards to being like an e-learning platform, which before it just used to be about people posting pictures, but then people were kind of posting Canva's and like, And there's pictures for learning and quotes and stuff. And then that's why I was like, okay, let me post on that because I can be a bit more creative with it. And Instagram, Instagram was slow. I remember saying to my sister, I was like, I don't know whether or not Instagram is going anywhere. Seriously, like it is slow. I'm not getting many followers. Um, And then one day I had like, I woke up and I looked on my phone. I had 28 followers. I was like, "Whoa! Like 28 followers is like a room of people." I was like, "This is a sign. Let me stick with it." Um, So I stuck with it and grew with obviously Instagram. And then Instagram came out with Reels, so I was like, "I'm doing video content, so I might as well do YouTube." So I jumped on there. And then YouTube, I'm on there. And then. TikTok obviously blew up, and I was like, "Okay, let me jump on TikTok as well." So I was just like trying to be on every platform to to share the message as much as possible.
0: I think that's the best way to do it, right? You have to meet people where they are. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of companies are kind of getting it wrong. They're not meeting people where they are.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I think it's hard. You know, you don't like you don't think you're you're all there until new platforms come out and you're like, oh my God, it took me a while to get in with TikTok. I did not get the app at all when I when it first came out. I was like, I didn't get it. <laughs> What's going on? Um, but yeah, now I think I'm finally feeling like I have a flow with it as well. So it's really good.
0: Now with all the content that you're creating, because you create a lot of content, do you ever feel burnout?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I definitely feel burnout, 100% feel burnout sometimes. I feel kind of a little bit drained and detached sometimes from Instagram and, you know, even just um, kind of TikTok and stuff. It is a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I think people don't realise the amount of pressure is on kind of content creators because once you start making the content, people then expect you to make more and more and more. Um, And I remember this girl said she took, she's massive on on social media, she took like a month off, and I think she said she lost like thousands of followers. Her Hell. reach, was awful. yeah, like, um. So it is. There's a lot of pressure for content creators to kind of carry on, um. But I try to now kind of repurpose my content if I'm using it on TikTok, I'll try and use it on Instagram, I try to make sure that I'm. I'm still kind of trying to understand my audience because my audience on Instagram is slightly different to mine, to the one on TikTok. So I try and, I do try and make content for each platform, but I do try and repurpose it a lot as well. And yeah, just try and recycle the same ideas and remember why you're doing it, right? You want to engage with people. And I kind of like doing it. I I think that, you know, my acting skills have really (laughs) gone up since (laughs) I started doing this video content, honestly. Um, But yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it was... When I started making rails, I started with kind of the information side of things, and then I went into comedy, and I think that's what kind of blew up my 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 page a lot more because I was kind of just being myself and having a, and having fun. So just remembering what you're doing it really helps.
0: And how do you know like what content to create? Do you listen to what your followers are saying, or do you use the tech industry? Obviously, everything ebbs and flows there. Like you said, tech industry evolves every day. Do you use that as your inspiration for what type of videos to
1: create? Yeah, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. I try and because, um, like I said, comedy and kind of making my, um, my followers laugh and engage with them in that way mm-hmm. is a way is a good way for me to kind of be with them. So I try and use the trends that are very um, generic and just try to add them to tech. So I see what's trending, the sounds that are trending, the the noise, you know, whatever it is, the style of dance, whatever it is that is trending. And then I try and add it to tech. And then also I try to combine kind of information as well. I still try and do some of my carousel posts. And then I also try and post literally just like if a company is hiring, I just try and post about that. Anything that's going to be kind of useful for uh, my followers and stuff like that, I try and do it like that. But it's mainly just yeah, listening to what's out there and then trying to make it fit your niche, really.
0: Hosanna, that is a lot of work. Like, how <laughs> are you balancing creating your own tech platform with also being a full-time employee at Microsoft? That is a lot.
1: Oh, honestly, it, it is a lot. I, I I spend a lot of time working. So I work in the, you know, I, I work my, my full-time job, like you said, and then in the evenings, I'm one-to-one with customers, uh, with clients, and I'm kind of creating content. It is a lot, uh, but I just try and manage my time and look at my diary and say, you can fit some time in here. You can fit some time in there. And I try not to be, to like, perfect my content in any way, right? I film a lot of my content. A lot of people think, you know, I batch content. I don't, you know, a lot of content creators will say, I'll make content for a month. I don't do that. So I, I do a lot of stuff off the cuff, which works for me because I think, oh, I'm inspired by that. So let me make something. So once you kind of get used to making reels and stuff, you'll find that it only takes you maybe 30 minutes to make one and then get it out and stuff like that. So that's kind of hard, but you kind of just have to be really productive with your time. Make sure you're using it effectively, and then you need to have support from the people around you. Like shout out to my little sister; she always supports me. Like she goes, she helps me with like going through my DMs. I pay her um, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, she's always sending me sounds on TikTok because she's obviously in that generation. She's only 20, um so she knows kind of what's trending and stuff. She's, oh, you should use this sound and things like that. and uh, My boyfriend's very good as well. He helps me with like editing my vid- YouTube videos. So, so you kind of need a support system around you in order for you to do it, be able to do this much yourself. And you need to be organized and you also need to just be accountable. You know, if you said you're going to do something, do something. And then also, you know, follow, I think follow what is going to be important to you the most. If this week you're like, look, I've got brand deals, so I need to focus on getting co- content for them, do that. But if next week you're like, you know what, I'm focused more on helping people and I'm not going to respond to any of the brands that reach out to me because, well, I, I, I don't care that much about the money then focus on that. You kind of just have to balance it as you as you, you navigate this space, really.
0: Yes, it's a lot of a balancing act. Trust me, yeah. I, I have the same sentiments and know exactly what you mean about having that support system to help you out because we can't do it by
1: ourselves. Mm, definitely, you, you can't, you need help.
0: <laughs> so I know in the US, we have a lot of what we call influencers. I feel like you are a tech
1: influencer. Do you see yourself that way? I I don't. It's so weird. I I actually met one of my followers um, in real life, like last week. Mm -hmm. And she was like, the first thing she said, she was like, oh, this is the first time I've ever met an influencer. I was like, is there an influencer here? I'm trying to, (laughs) I was like trying to spot one. I was like, oh my God, is there someone here? Um, and then I realized she was referring to me. I was like, Oh my God, definitely. I don't think of myself as an influencer. It's a little bit of an odd term, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you do obviously help people with making their decisions. But yeah, it, I don't know. It's odd. I guess you help people, with, you influence people in a way. So it makes sense. You know, I, I usually use the word content creator because that's what I essentially do, but I'm not kind of funny about people using influence. So if that's how they view me, then that's absolutely fine. But yeah, it, it is odd. It's an odd thing to get used to.
0: Well, okay. How about this? I will say you are one of the top UK content creators, especially from a tech subject standpoint. Thank found you. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Have you found anyone who makes similar content
1: to you? Yeah. There's a couple of kind of like, um, especially black girls in tech. There's a few of us um, on the kind of the platform. Um, so people like Becoming Samantha, chip tech so we've met in real life um, simplex um simplex learn who used to be temi and we met in real life we've kind of had a meeting about what we do and we talk about the same things and we try and share ideas and stuff i think everybody kind of does different content and you'll have people kind of resurfacing your content and stuff like that but i think what's important is that everybody kind of has their own personality they bring their own personality to it they bring their own thing to it because you're sharing the same things right there's only so much about tech that you can talk about Um, But it's bringing your own perspective uh, to it. And I think that's what's been important. But yeah, we do share ideas and we see each other in real life, which is great as well.
0: Yes, it's all about bringing your authentic self to the scene, right? Mm. Making sure that you're bringing your own personal perspective and sharing your own personal knowledge because everyone has a different experience.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And speaking of unique experiences, I want to get a little bit more broad and talk about Mm. the UK tech scene in general. Mm. So tell my listeners a little bit about the UK tech scene. Is it busy? What does the diversity Mm. look
1: like across the pond? (laughs) No, um, the diversity is not great at all. Um, This is something that I'm really open about. And I actually spoke about in my last YouTube video, Um, diversity in tech in the UK. You have to think diversity in general in the UK is much lower, of course, Mm -hmm. than in the US. I think we make up like... maybe 5% of the country. So it's a lot, it's not a lot of people. And then when you think about women again, and then you think black women specifically, it's very, very low. But the the scene itself is growing, is changing. There is more demand for people to come in. You can tell that companies are now feeling like they understand there's a huge gap. And that's not just tech companies, it's comp- any company that has an IT department, which should basically be all companies now, are now, now understanding that there's a huge skill shortage so the government is putting a lot of money into, you know, having big camps for people, tech companies, are wanting to do a lot more kind of um, get into tech, get women into tech, providing a lot of kind of free resources for people to come in, insight days, placements, internships and stuff like that. So there is a growth, but I don't think we're, we're there with, you know, in the same stage as you know, America. You see that by your salaries, like the tech salaries in America in comparison to the US are crazy. And I think a lot to do with that is demand you guys have kind of grown your tech base to a, a place where obviously the UK is much smaller. We have a lot of way, a lot of way to go, but we still have a lot of work to do with getting people to understand what tech is, getting companies to understand why they need kind of tech people and why they need to not treat IT as some, some, like a service. IT needs to be a, a part of the C team, it needs to be as important as finance, as important as marketing and kind of sit with them at the table. So there's a lot of work to do. In regards to tech in general, diversity in general. And yeah, you know, you'll find yourself in a lot of rooms by yourself, basically, if you're a Black woman in tech and even just a woman in general. Hosanna, we have to go back
0: and touch on two major points. first one is the skills shortage. So what's Mm. what classes and what skills are you short of? So we're short on basically all
1: Texas girls. All digital wow. skills, whether that's programming, okay. uh, cyber security, UX design, any sort of projects, we've, we've got a massive shortage. And the government is now, they've released a kind of a boot camp, a tech skills boot camp program where they allow you to go to boot camps for these skills, data science, data analytics, pretty much all that you can think of. Because we don't have people... Firstly, kind of choosing those at university and it has to start really young. And that's where we we've missed out. And I don't know if it's the same in America, but the issue is, is that we've spent years targeting tech for people who are going to university. But if you want someone to pick kind of computer science or any tech related degree, you need to target them at like 13, you need to target them very early because then they need to have the right skills in place, in order, and they need to have the interest before they kind of pushed in a different direction. Um, so we're they're providing kind of boot camps and stuff for completely free, which is fantastic. Um, some of them are open to everyone. Some of them are open to the unemployed. Some of them are open to kind of an age group, specific age group. So there are trying, but there's still more that um, people can do.
0: Just to touch on the point that you made about starting Tech Young, we have a lot of organizations in the state that help with having kids either do a summer camp or different like one day workshops where they learn mm-hmm. a tech skill. So it's like you're introducing it to them young. Now, granted, in that standpoint, you are putting the onus on the parents to keep that interest going and making sure that they Mm -hmm. have the right resources. But it is at least an option. I guess Mm. I'm a little shocked to hear that there's such a shortage from a skill standpoint. Uh, I guess also let me ask. So I know the government released like this tech skills boot camp. Are there not other boot camps already established within the U.K.?
1: yeah there are there are more more now and you'll find mm. that some companies some tech companies will just release them um, and some of them are targeted to women specifically like I said mm-hmm. um, and there, there are more there are more and then there's kind of the standalone ones who are massive across so like people like General Assembly who are massive across the world right mm-hmm. but they've got now an office in London which they provide big camps for and then there's kind of Makers Academy there's a lot more there's you know, coding for girls, they give out like three, eight week coding boot camps, which were just fantastic. I actually went to a sequel one, even though I did sequel at uni last year, (laughs) because I was like, I need to polish up. Um, So yeah, there are some, some, but again, I think there's just so much more work to be done. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And the second point
0: I have to touch on is the salary. Mm. So it seems like there's a huge salary difference between the UK and US. What have mm. you seen if you're
1: able to share? Yeah, there's just like a massive skill um salary difference between the UK and the US. you know there's some UK. you know I, if you if anybody out there knows the color who is she used to be the come up and she had the vid, the video in America uh, on millennial money, so she's a black girl. she used to work I think for Monzo or something like that in Fintech being a software engineer and she made 250 grand. And I remember watching that YouTube video and thinking, oh my God, like $250,000 in the UK, you would would be hard pressed to find that. and then i was kind of looking at some of the tech salaries in the us i was like wow these salaries are always kind of starting at six figures like you're you're really that, that is kind of the starting point for some of these tech companies and i understand obviously there's a tax difference and tax healthcare so we don't have to pay for our kind of our health services out of our you know of out of our money essentially you pay for it through taxes so it's available to everybody mm-hmm. um, but i still think looking at kind of you, you look at the the opportunity to get these big salaries Yeah, you're just not going to get them as much in the UK. And I think that's, again, I think it's due to demand. And there are changes companies are trying to catch up. But there is a big, you know, up to kind of like 40% difference in some of these salaries. You know, you've got grads in the US starting on like 120 grand, working at Mm. some of these big companies. I'm like, wow, our grads definitely won't start on that. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting.
0: Let me ask this, is the salaries that you start on in the UK from a tech perspective, is it at least a livable wage?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And you okay. do make way more than the average person. Like you do you make way more than someone who's working in a different industry, like Thousands more. It is just the difference between the US and the UK. I was like, whoa! And mm-hmm. it's something that we talk about a lot in tech, <laughs> tech UK. We're always like, you know, when Clubhouse started and everyone was talking about their salaries, we were always be complaining, like, oh, I didn't want to hear about the American salaries. because <laughs> <laughs> they're so different to us. But yes, absolutely, the tech salaries in the UK are very good. Like you're living. The way that you live in, you're making as a grad in a, in a big tech company, you're making more, way more than the average person in general, let alone someone your age. So yeah. And so
0: I know we've been talking about the US tech scene versus the UK tech scene. I want to know personally, maybe your top two or three differences that you see.
1: I think what one thing I see is that obviously there are a lot more roles, there are a lot more different roles because you have generally you're much bigger, right? Um, mm-hmm. Much, much bigger. Um, so there are a lot more roles a lot more kind of opportunities to go into these really like front end innovative um, jobs which we may not have we might not be there yet or this meant like a lot less of right now Um, there's definitely a lot more diversity which is great I love kind of seeing where Black Tech Twitter has gotten to you know Um, it's amazing Uh, and then of course then there's salary so I think those three things like I'm like Maybe I should take a a, a short time out of the UK and go move like I've been thinking about it for a while. So yeah, those are kind of my top three differences.
0: Yes, come on over. Come experience some US tech.
1: (laughs) Yes, I would love to.
0: (laughs) And I do want to get your opinion. Where do you Mm -hmm. see the UK tech scene going in the next five years or in the near future?
1: I see it a lot growing in around um, kind of data. Data is a big focus at the moment for a lot of companies. Um, because of the pandemic has made a huge shift in in what people really think about. Um, So I think focusing on data and getting intelligence and insight from technology is going to be a big focus for us. Security is going to be another major focus, again, because of the pandemic. A lot of people were kind of attacked, lots of schools, lots of government um, uh, organizations were attacked. So security is going to be huge. So I think, you know, there's going to be a growth in cybersecurity and, and the need for, um, cybersecurity individuals. Uh, so I think that's those are kind of the two areas I think we're going for. And then obviously the culture as well is going to change because again, I think the pandemic has been just literally pivotal to a lot of changes um, because of the way of working. So, you know, flexibility to be at home all the time, more remote contract, because I feel like we have remote contracts here in the UK, but again, nowhere near as much as you have in the US. Uh, some companies will be flexible. And But not everybody in tech gets to work from, you know, gets a remote contract. You know, some people have a in-office contract, but then the company is just super flexible. So you can just be at home whenever you want. But not everyone in the UK kind of has like a remote actual This is So I think there's going to be more of those in the future as well.
0: Excellent. Okay. And Hosanna, I know we've covered a lot today, but I have a few more questions to end our conversation. Uh-huh. So at the top of our conversation, you mentioned that you did not have any tech role models, but mm-hmm. after being in the industry for three years, I feel like you probably met some amazing people who are now people that you look up to or at
1: least have mm-hmm. a relationship with. Do you have any role models now? Yes, I think I have plenty. Like I would definitely say so. I obviously, I came into tech, and then a couple of years later, my sister decided to join the industry. So I mentioned earlier that she's a software engineer. So she yes. joined after yes. I joined. Um, so she just started as a software engineer this year, um, which I really really look up to her, and I think she's amazing because, again, she came from a non-technical background as well. She came from human resources and kind of did all of her skilling and stuff like that. So I would definitely say I look to her as a role model because it's amazing what she's been able to do, um, and I've got more people, that, again. And also, um, I mentioned also my step. Dad, so he, uh, I didn't have. He wasn't my stepdad back when I was in school, obviously. Um, but he is now, has been for the last kind of two years. So it's been amazing having kind of his perspective and the way he's been able to kind of help my sister with kind of her journey as well has been really incredible. Um, Uh, So but now uh, I've got people kind of at work as well, people that I work with very closely, um, other black women in tech who have been so, so important to kind of helping me to navigate the decisions that I can make, because I think that it can be really tough when you're trying to get advice from someone who doesn't understand what you need to do um what you can you know you know you might get advice like oh you shouldn't chase the money or you should you know do what you're passionate it's it's different when it's coming from someone who's coming from a position of privilege so it's been really important for me to have kind of um strong black women in tech who have been really helpful in helping me make decisions and then there's just people kind of on instagram specifically so i've shouted a few of them out but people like um tiffin tech she's absolutely amazing like i look at her platform i think you're so incredible in everything you do like being a software engineer running absolutely everything that you're running again youtube instagram tiktok all of those things so yeah i i have kind of lots of role models now and i'm very very lucky
0: excellent okay so you have been on both sides of the spectrum where you were a black professional getting into tech as well as now you're a successful young black tech professional so yeah. What advice do you have for the young Black professionals trying to get into the tech industry?
1: So my first advice would be to get an understanding of what you want to do, Um, but it doesn't have to be from like a a five-year tenure plan. Just pick something that you want to do in the next two years. Like, What is the role that you want to start your tech career with? Get a good understanding of that because you are going to be competing with so many people. And because, again, the pandemic has basically made everyone realise that they may not like the job they want to do. They may want to do something else. The demand for tech roles has grown even more. And there's still more work to be done in in, in basically helping the pipeline and getting more people coming in. So... Be specific on what you want to do and then tailor tailor everything to that. Tailor your LinkedIn, tailor your resume, tailor your cover letter, tailor your entire brand on that, which makes it easier for recruiters to be like, yes, that's the right person. Some people just think that they can... You can kind of do absolutely everything. It's really difficult in tech to be like, oh, I'm in cybersecurity, but I'm in data science. But I mean, like, you just, you can't do it. So yeah, Taylor, and then focus on your skills, really invest in yourself. If it's um, a degree that you need to get, get, go get it. If it's a boot camp that you need to get, go get it. If it's a certification, whatever it is, invest in yourself because I think it will pay back. So make sure that you're doing that. Try and find a mentor if you can, or at least follow these type of people on social media that are kind of posting about and giving advice and we listen to what they're saying. And then I think it's just like, believe in yourself. Don't, don't get too caught up in other people's journey. It's going to be a tough, tough journey, but you'll get there if you're kind of dedicated and you kind of are consistent as well with everything in tech. You kind of need to be consistent, consistent with your learning, consistent with applying, consistent with everything really helps. Um, but yeah, those, are, those, I think, are my kind of top, top tips for anyone trying to get in. And then I'm going to flip the
0: question. What advice do you have for young Black tech professionals that are already in the industry?
1: My advice for anyone that's already in the industry would be, number one, find your allies. So find people that have got your back and they're going to support you really well. Make sure you find sponsors as well as mentors. So sponsors are more people that are going to kind of advocate for you in a room when you're not there. And that might be someone who doesn't look like you, someone from a different industry that you're in in regards to in tech. So you might be in cyber, they might be in something else, but you're trying to move, find someone that's going to be like, yes, I really think Hosanna should be this is who we should be hiring. Like someone's really going to push for you. Again, also find groups of people that, you know, find these ERGs, these groups of, you know, with other black tech professionals to just keep your morale up. There's a lot of things that happens in tech when you come from a different background that you might struggle with day to day. So don't deal with that by yourself. Get help from other people. Have a bit of a career plan. Um, it doesn't have to be in the next five, 10 years. Like I said already, it can be in the next year. Where do you want to be? And be really purposeful with that and ask for support from everybody, especially management. Document everything you do and then be like, look, I need support here to get here and just be very clear. Don't feel like, oh, I'm should be, I'm just lucky to have the job, which I think the older generation felt like that. Oh, I'm just lucky to be here. No, they're lucky to have you. So make sure that they are giving you absolutely everything that you need and you're kind of you're shining like you'll be fine.
0: And Hosanna, the last question that I have for you is where do you see yourself
1: in the next five years? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh my <laughs> Honestly, I just don't know. I really just don't know. I I'm definitely at a point where obviously I'm three years in my career. I need to start thinking about kind of what's going to be my next big role. I'm currently considering going back to school um, and do maybe data science and moving there because you know, like I said, data is, is hot. Um, who knows? Like, I really I I every time I get this question, I get I get nervous because I just don't know. Like, I definitely think I'll still be in tech, but whether or not I'm in the area that I'm in, yeah, I don't know, basically. Sorry. <laughs> no, that you you don't have to apologize. I think that's a great answer. Sometimes we just honestly don't know. And
0: that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah I just don't know but that's the beauty of tech or opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'll be in America hopefully maybe I'll be working in New York I would love to if anyone's listening (laughs) ah yes
0: put it out in the universe to say that you'll be in New York I love it Hosanna any
1: final words um not not particularly I just think I hope you guys are feeling kind of encouraged I know that you know, there is definitely a space for you in tech. Don't worry about your background. Think about your future instead. Think about what you want to do and let that be kind of a driving force. You know, if you want to become a software engineer, but you don't have a program main background, don't worry. There are boot camps, there are online resources to support you. You know, if you do come from a tech background, but you want to move into like tech sales or something like that instead don't worry. Again, you have great skills and you'll be okay. I just think focus on what you want to do and just be resilient and be um, confident in yourself and you will hopefully have a successful tech career.
0: And on that note, thank you, Hosanna, for joining me for an episode. I hope that everyone enjoys it. I know they will. You dropped some really great advice and tips today. So I appreciate you spending your time with us. No worries at all. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Black Tech Unplugged. I'm Dina McKay, and you can find the show on all social media platforms at Black Tech Unplugged. And if you haven't already, please go subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this episode. If you have a few minutes and you're using Apple Podcasts, please leave a written review, too. It'll help me out a lot and help other people find the podcast. Until next time.